Amen. Look at verse number one of Matthew chapter number two. If you're there, say amen. If you're glad you're saved, say hallelujah. If you're thankful to be in church on a Sunday night, say glory. Amen. The Bible says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Why? Because they weren't worshiping him. They said they came to find the king of the Jews to worship him and Herod said, I'm he. Y'all ain't bowed down to me yet. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And he said unto him, they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, which was Micah, for thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art thou not least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem. <laughs> Herod thought he was in charge. <laughs> and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when he had found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Why not just go with them? And when they heard the king, they departed, and lo, or behold, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with great, exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, I read something that's quite interesting about that specific verse right there. It says, it should not have been the child mentioned before the mother. So the mother should have been mentioned before the child. But we see here the way that it is worded in our Bible, they were giving Jesus the precedence over Mary. Why? He's the very son of God. And Mary, the wonderful, lovely young lady, was just nothing more than an instrument in the hands of God. And fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise, and take the ch young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there unto, until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. I read that. It's not nothing to do with the message tonight, but I, I got a little thought right there. There was a point in history where it was easy to find God in Egypt, than it was in Israel. That's all I got. <laughs> I ain't got no points with it. But what a thought. That it'd be easier to find God in Egypt than it would be in Israel. Let's pray to Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. 
again for this evening. Thank you for another opportunity, Lord, to come and just bask in your glory. Lord, just to sit in your presence. Lord, that's really what we do want for Christmas. Lord, it's more than just gifts and festivities. And though, Lord, we are grateful that you allow us to experience those things. Lord, the season, the reason that we celebrate Christmas is not because a man brings around gifts. It's not because we have family traditions and customs. It's because we celebrate the birth of our Savior. For had you not been born, you could not have lived. Had you not lived, you could not have died. Had you not died, you could not have rose again. And had you not rose again, you could not come back for us. But we're so grateful tonight, Lord, that you have done all of that. And Lord, we sit expecting, waiting, anticipating your return. Lord, help us to be busy about your business in this holiday season. Lord, there's a lot of people going to and fro, one place to the next, one store to the next. God, give us a heart that'll be about the Father's business during this Christmas season. And Lord, may we take some time, personal, private time, and find ourselves at your feet, just giving you thanks for who you are. We pray, Lord, that you take the word of God tonight, make it real and personal to us. And Father, you just work in our hearts tonight through the, the account of these wise men. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Now, you said, preacher, why? Why are these men so controversial, these wise men? And I begin to wonder, I wonder if they knew the controversy that they would start with their actions, not just in Herod's day. I mean, they started a nationwide controversy. They show up in Jerusalem saying, where is the king of the Jews? And now Herod and all of Israel is troubled. Where is this king of the Jews? Where, where could he be? But not just in his day, and, 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 but nowadays, right? There, there's still people of controversy. There's, there's still arguments about the wise men. And, and there's a lot that goes in. And sure, it would be nice if people were serious about living biblically as they were about making sure that everybody knows the wise men ought not to be in the nativity set. Right, because we know, by, biblically speaking, that they came sometime after the birth of Christ. Though Joseph, Mary, and Jesus were still in Bethlehem, he's uh, somewhat older now. He's no longer staying in the stable. They have found themselves living quarters, and here come the wise men. Here's the funny thing. I grew up knowing that the wise men did not come to the nativity set. Here's how the nativity set, to the birth of Christ in Bethlehem that night. How do you know that, preacher? Because growing up in the Catholic Church, we celebrated Christmas on December 25th like everybody else does. And then sometime in January, we celebrated Little Christmas. Preacher, what was Little Christmas? That's when he celebrated the arrival of the wise men. And so they, there would be a nativity set out there in front of the church and uh, for all that time there would be Joseph and Mary, baby Jesus and the shepherds and a biblically inaccurate Gabriel. And we would see all of that and, and then sometime in January, out of nowhere, there's the wise men. They were there. And I thought, man, I knew that. But then in our Christmas play growing up, we still had the wise men come to the nativity set. 
And it's like, well, in one side we're saying this, and the other side they're saying that. And there's still people today that get flustered and mad that when they drive by someone's house, why are the wise men out there? Either they just don't know or they figure they paid enough for the set, they're gonna put everybody out there. <laughs> Down through the ages, these fellas have been the victim of many assumptions. There have been a lot said about them that we simply just can't back up with Bible or really history itself. For instance, we don't know exactly where they came from. We just know they came from somewhere in the east of Israel, the east of Jerusalem. We don't know for sure. We, we're not given no credentials. We can't see their passports. We just know they came from the east. They could have been from Syria, from Persia, from the Arabians. They, they could have been from somewhere, anywhere in the east of the Orient. We just, we just know uh, all of which, here's the interesting, all of which had some sort of influence prior to this from God's people. We could go back to the book of Exodus and see where God's people traveled through these lands. We could go to the book of Daniel when he, those Israelites are taken into Babylon, then taken over by the Persians. And we could see all that, that they have some sort of influence. I remember reading somewhere that some scholars believe that these men knew about this prophecy because of something that Daniel left behind in Babylon. And no doubt it's interesting, but we have no way to prove that. We have no way to know that for sure, but here's what we do know. They came from the east. Not only that, we don't know how many actually came. Right? I mean, who would know? We all have seen every nativity set, and there's only a limited amount of wise men that are allowed to be in there. How many is it? Three. There, there can't be more than three. The Bible never clearly says. All we know is that there are three gifts that are brought and they are brought before the Lord. And we know that, that the way they speak, it is they, so it's more than just one, but we don't know how many more than that. So we don't even know how, actually, how, how many actually came. Maybe only three could fit into the place that Mary and Joseph were staying. <laughs> the rest were on the outside looking in. What a sight that would have been for three men who have treasure, who have these great gifts come to a little town called Bethlehem. Could you imagine this evening if Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates came to Little Hepsible, walked into KJ's and said, we have some treasure to give away. We'd say, y'all ain't from around here. What are y'all doing? <laughs> what Illuminati? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We don't know where they came from. We don't know how many actually came, and we really don't even know their occupation. We just know they were called wise men. Now, the Greek word for that is magus, or where we get our word magi. And you look that word up, it goes from astrologer to, to all the way to soothsayer. They could have been anywhere in between that, but preacher, they wrote that song, don't you? We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts. We traveled so far. You know, the fellow that wrote that song, he took a lot of religious, not religious, but artistic liberty in that song. Nowhere in your Bible are these men called kings. Nowhere are they given that title. We're just told they're wise men who have seen a star in the east and what knowledge they have prompts them to leave where they are to follow the star to find this man or this person who is the king of the Jews who had just been 
born. And some have called them kings. I've heard them called Magi and little Shiloh. I brought them to help me preach tonight. Calls them the wise guys. You see them, Miss Shiloh? You see your wise guys? <laughs> she would not let me borrow them. And so I waited until she fell asleep. <laughs> and I grabbed them. She got her an advent calendar and it's got the nativity set in it. And I'm about to tell her they ain't supposed to be in there. <laughs> oh, come live at my house. We have a wonderful time. And so instead of arguing over what we don't really know for sure, why don't we just learn from these wise men what we do know about these men as, it, as it's given to us in the scripture. I'm gonna give you three things about these men tonight that we can pull directly from the scripture. Notice number one, they had a settled direction. They had a settled direction. Verse one and two, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Well, why did they come? Here's why. They said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now, wherever they started their journey from, uh, one thing is clear. We don't know where they started from. We know, one, we, we know it was in the opposite direction of where the Lord was started from somewhere far away and were brought closer to God. And the same thing could be said about us. We were outside of the grace of God. We were outside of the commonwealth of Israel. We were outside of the, the, the we were on the outside looking in and yet we found out there was one that was drawing us to him. I don't know about you, I didn't come up with the idea of salvation. The Holy Ghost began to work in my heart, began to convict me of my sin and my wrongdoing, my faults and my failures, but at the same time he was convicting me, he was drawing me unto himself. He was saying, I can save you, I can change you, I can help you if you'll just come to me. He was drawing. But we see here tonight, we notice uh, some places they could have settled some places that they could have stopped tonight. Verse number one, they could have settled for religious complacency. They could have settled for religious complacency. Jerusalem is the capital. They don't come straight to Bethlehem. No, they come to a place where a king ought to be born. This is the royal city. This is the capital of Israel. They must have been born in Jerusalem. And they, they approached Jerusalem and they're brought before King Herod. And what they've heard and what they know does not match up with who they're looking at. Where is he king, born king of the Jews? Where is this newborn king at? They're looking at Herod. Obviously, he's not newborn. He's been around a while. He's been ruling and reigning in Israel for a few years now. Obviously, this cannot be him. Their journey hasn't been that long. But they could have very easily stopped there in Jerusalem. There was a king, but, he, but really he was just a figurehead. He wasn't really in charge of what was going on. They could have settled for a religious experience. They could have went to the temple and seen the sacrifices and noticed what was going on. And they could have stopped right there and said, you know what, we've seen enough. This is good enough. This is close enough for us. They, 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 knew, but here's the thing, they knew who Herod wasn't because of what they had heard. So they didn't settle for religious complacency. And there's a lot of people who say, you know what, it's good enough, I go to church. It's good enough that, I, I mean, I have a Bible at my house. I, I mean, I, I, I'm there on Christmas and Easter, and, and I put a little bit of dollars in the plate. Preacher, that's good enough, is it? No, it is not. 
Not to go to heaven tonight, it's none of that gets you in. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And had they stopped and said, you know what? He may not be the king that we were necessarily looking for, but he's close enough. We'll just hang out with Herod and we'll have a religious time and we'll go home. They would have missed out on seeing the greatest person man has ever known. They could have settled for religious complacency. They could have settled for societal comfort. For societal comfort. Look at verse number seven. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, they are having a private meeting with the king of Israel, the ruler in Israel. He's called them to the side. He's removed them from the crowd. And they very easily could have turned back around, walked out of there and said, you know what? We're something else because the king talked to us on a personal level. We must be something in this society now because we have the ear of the king. Maybe the star was just good fortune. Maybe it led them to Herod so they could, they could have a prosperous life there in Jerusalem and get plugged into society and become a mover and a shaker there in society. And my goodness, why go to Bethlehem? It's nothing but a small dead town anyways. I mean, the only claim they have is that it was the home of David. There were no trade routes in Bethlehem. There was no, there was no uh, really big things going on in Bethlehem. All that was in Jerusalem. And they very easily could have stopped and said, you know what, we've got the ear of the king. We've got favor behind us. We might as well hang out right here and increase our goods, increase our place in society. Why not get plugged in with Herod? Because somebody, become somebody in Jerusalem, they could have made more money instead of giving it all away. They, settled, they could have settled for societal comfort. They could have settled for religious complacency, but thanks be to God, they had a settled direction and they continued their search. Verses six through 10, they walk in and where is he born king of the Jews? Herod said, huh? Who are you talking about? He goes and he finds the scribes and the, and the Pharisees and he pulls them in and he says, hey, what is this man talking about? They're looking for the king of the Jews who's just been born. Obviously, he's not, they're not talking about me. Where is he? Where is he supposed to be born at? They're like, uh, king in Bethlehem. Don't you know that? <laughs> I mean, you're a ruler. You should know that. And so they come and tell him, hey, listen, uh, it said verse, for thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Preacher, how in the world did they come all the way from the east and not get caught up in Jerusalem and find their way to Bethlehem? Well, God's word. <laughs> when man, then the king didn't know, and what little they had received and what little they understood from the prophecy they got back in their homeland, thanks be to God that his word was able to bring them exactly where they need to. We mentioned this morning, God's word will always lead you to Jesus. Preacher, that's great for these fellas. That's great for these wise men. That's great for everybody in the Bible. Well, what about me, preacher? I'm so glad you asked. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you, have believe, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. God gave you his word so that you and I could believe on him and have eternal life. Don't you remember the day when you wanted your life to change, when you wanted things to be better, when you wanted to improve, but you had no idea and somebody told you a long time ago, why don't you go try church? Why 
don't you go to church? And you said, well, I guess I'll give it a try. I've tried everything else. And you walked up in here or you walked up into a church. You had no prior knowledge. You had no greater insight. And it was coming here that God took his word and showed you exactly how you could be saved. They continued their search. They found out God's word had more to say. Bethlehem was the place to go. God gave them his word so they could meet the son of God. And it led straight to him. Let me ask you, what is the direction that you've settled in on life? Have you settled for religious complacency? I'll play church and I'll go to church for a little bit and I'll, I mean, I'll do the good things and the right things and that's good enough. Or have you settled for societal comfort? Boy, I just want me a good job and I just want to make money and I want to take it easy, kick my feet up in the latter years of my life. I come to find out there's no such thing as retirement in the Christian life. There may become a day where I can no longer preach and no longer do what I do now, but there'll never come a day in my life where I get to retire from being a Christian. And I want my life to not, I want my life to reflect that. I don't want to get to a place in my Christian life where I've done enough, I've said enough, now it's time for me to kick up my feet and take it easy. Well, I want to keep searching. I want to have a settled direction that I'm going to stay and get as close to him as I can for all the days of my life. Will it lead you to Christ or some sort of settled compromise? Notice this, they had a settled direction. Notice number two, they had a settled desire. Why? Why make this journey? Why go through this trouble? Why go so far? Why, why leave behind comfort at home to go into a different nation and a different culture and a different place? Why go through all of that? They said in verse number two, we've come to worship him. We were willing to go and make that journey. Here's the thing. We know they came from the east. We just don't know how far in the east they came from. It could have been hundreds, if not thousands of miles of travel. They couldn't just hop on the airplane. They couldn't get in the car. They couldn't call an Uber. It was a long journey, a hard journey, a dangerous journey, all so they could come and worship him. Begs the question, how far are you and I willing to go to worship him? How far are we willing to, to go to fall before him and just give him the glory that is due unto his name? They, here's the thing, and I think about this. Here they are making this whole journey from somewhere in the east all the way to Jerusalem, then to Bethlehem. And I couldn't help but think, where is the just worship him at home crowd? I just worship God at home. That's great and that's wonderful and you, no doubt you can. But had they said, you know what? We're just gonna worship him. We see his star and we're gonna stay home and worship him. They had missed out on laying their very eyes on the very son of God. What a sight that must have been. What, what, what an experience that must have been for how many, whether it was three or more, how many were there? They got to see the very son of God in the flesh. The things that you and I shout about, the things that you and I love, for the things that we sit back and say, man, it would have been cool to see Jesus. They got to. All because they had a desire to go and worship him. See, we all want to worship him, but we all sometimes don't want to do the go part. Lord, make my life easy. Just let me worship him where I am. I, man, that crowd gets me upset. That crowd, gets, I just worship God at home. Oh, me too. But God did design a place and give us a place to come specifically to worship him. And we're told not to forsake this in of ourselves together. So much as more as we see that day approaching. Matter of fact, we're going to end our Christmas special on it. That song, Joy to the World. Did you know that's not a Christmas song? It's a song about the second coming of Christ. 
<laughs> and that's what makes us joyous. Just like these folks longed and looked for the Messiah to come, to be born, to free them from the cap captivity and to set Israel free. You and I tonight as believers step back and say, today, tonight could be the night that Jesus comes back and rescues the church and calls us out of here. Can I say, I'm so glad that he's coming back, but if we're so glad, it ought to change the way that we live. We know time is precious. Thank God for a place that was specifically designed by him as a place to worship him. Let me ask, why did you come tonight? Why do, why do we come to church on a Sunday night? Well, it's because I had anything else better to do. <laughs> and that may be a true statement, but life is busy. I mean, you got to prepare for work and you got to get kids ready for school. And I mean, of course, there's parties and festivities. We got to get all that ready, preacher. There, there's a lot that we could have done. But why did we come tonight? Well, because we had play practice and program practice. And, and, and I sing in the choir and, and, and I wanted to take up the offering and this, that, and the other. Can I say tonight, we're going to do all those things? I wanted to catch up with my church family. I wanted to fellowship. That's all wonderful. And we'll do all of that while we're here. But let me ask you tonight, did you come to worship him. Can I say if that's all I do tonight, I'll be okay with that. That's why, that's why I'm here is to worship him. So preacher, what exactly did this worship look like? Look at verse number 11. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother and they fell down. These great men from the east, vast knowledge, vast understanding, got great materials, gifts to give. They didn't walk in there and say, the Bible said they fell down. They fell down at his feet. Tonight I'm not going to fall down because I'm afraid I can't get back up. But it's that, that total hum, humility, that complete just collapse at the feet of Jesus. Well, we, we think about Mary further on in the Gospels as she comes and she falls at the feet of Jesus and begins to wipe her, his feet with her hair and her tears and we say, oh, that's worship. They may not have wiped his feet with their hair, but they fell down at his feet just like she did. Real worship takes complete and total humility. Are you willing to fall down at his feet, they humbled themselves. Not a religious genuflect of the knees, a total collapse of complete humility. Notice this, they handed over their treasures. <laughs> uh, that's one of those, again, I read this, I've read the story in this account so many times. Verse number 11, it said they fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, opened their treasures, this wasn't just some cash they had set off to the side this wasn't just they opened up the wall and said, well, I got $5, this will work. These were things that they treasured. They were valuable to them. There was probably some point of their life's work that was invested into what they were fixing to give over to Jesus. It was their treasure. They presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. I don't think it's by accident that's what they gave. I don't think it's by accident that it's mentioned in our Bible. We've heard it so much that oftentimes we, we, we lose the reality and the, the wonderful significance of these things. Here comes the first wise man. He presents his treasure of gold. And in him, <laughs> can I say tonight, I, I, love, I love my kids. 
I do. But if you said, you know what, I got a great idea. I'm going to give Shiloh three gold bars. Can I say she ain't going to value that? She'll say thank you. But she's not going to understand that she's got a lot of wealth sitting there. She'll stand on them things. She'll throw them. She'll do everything but value them. And here are these wise, these wise men. Here they are presenting gold to a little child. <laughs> Talk about humbleness. Here, here's sometimes why we hold on to our sacrificial giving. Because we feel like what we're giving to isn't worthy of it. Isn't good enough. I wouldn't do it like that. Okay. Let me ask you, what has God placed in your heart to do? These men, it didn't make sense on the outside, but it deep in their heart it made sense. And as they're giving away gold, it references the kingly role of Christ. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. His sovereignty, he's in control. The next one brings up frankincense. As a kid, I always thought they misspelled Frankenstein. But it brings frankincense, and that spoke of his priestly role because they were to burn frankincense in the temple. And that's a reminder of his servanthood as he served mankind. What a thought. What a thought. Imagine being there when Jesus got up from the table and he put that towel on like a waiter and he began to wash the feet of his disciples. I love y'all to death, but don't you dare take your shoes off. Preacher, come wash my feet. No, thank you. I'll pray for you. I love you from a distance. But it reminds us of his servanthood. And here comes the myrrh. Reminds us of his sacrificial role, his death. It was an embalming spice. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Some of the first gifts he ever gets is a reminder that he'd come to die. They may not even realize what they were saying and doing in his complete entirety, but they bring gifts and they're worshiping. Why are they worshiping? Well, they're worshiping because he's king, he's the Lord of Lords. They're worshiping because he was going to be a servant. They're worshiping because he would die one day and give his life a ransom for all of mankind. Let me ask you, when's the last time you laid some treasure down at the feet of Jesus and worshiped him? They had a settled desire. They were going to worship him. They had a settled direction. They were going to find him. Notice this, they had a sensible discernment. These fellows really were wise. They were wise. Why? Well, it wasn't because they had a great education. It wasn't because they were smarter than everybody else there in Bethlehem that night. These men were wise because they had discernment. God told them to leave and go another way, and they said, yes, sir. It's interesting, right? Because when the shepherds left, the shepherds didn't leave and go another way. The shepherds returned back to where they were from, and all the way there, they was praising God and glorifying him and shouting hallelujah, he is here, he's here, and telling everything. I mean, they were stopping people in the street. He's here, he, he was born, he's here. But these men, they see him, they worship him, pack up their stuff, and God says, go another way home. And they did. Why? Would they do such a thing? Preacher, why, why didn't they go back and tell Herod? And why didn't they go back and tell everybody? Because God told them not to. He said, go back another way. Go back into to your, your, your eastern land another way. And they did. So preacher, why didn't they go back to Herod? Because if Herod really wanted to see them, if Herod really wanted to see this 
born king of the Jews, he'd have went with them. I don't know about you, but people don't stop me from doing what I want to do. If I want to do it bad enough, you can't stop me. Because, I mean, it is burning in my heart to do something. These fellas wanted to see them. Herod didn't want to. And if he did, he wanted to do it for the wrong reasons. If Herod wanted to see him, he could have went with them. He, just, he knew just as much as the wise men. He was in Bethlehem. There's the star. Put two and two together. There he is. And Herod said, listen, when y'all, when y'all boys go find him, come back and tell me because I want to worship him. <laughs> and they seen him. They worshiped him. And God said, no, he don't. Go home another way. Kind of reminds me, the Bible said he came into his own and his own received him not. But then later we're told, but as many as received him to, him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Tonight, there's a whole lot in the world who don't want him. But I want him tonight. And you have to use discernment when it comes to this. They went back with the news. The king of the Jews had been born. They just didn't go back to Herod with it. (laughs) Wherever eastern country, they went back to the region they came back to. They came back with a gospel witness. Could you imagine them walking into... Persia, walking into Arabia, walking into the land of the Medes. Where y'all been at? Y'all just got up in the middle of the night following a star. Where y'all been at? Well, where did you go? We found him. Who? The man, the next king, the king of the Jews. He was just born. We found him. Oh, did you find him in Jerusalem? I heard that place is booming and big. Oh, no, we didn't find him there. We found him in a little town called Bethlehem. Oh, he was, he was precious. <laughs> people are people. I don't care what century or generation they grew up in. I can see if one of these feathers got gold. This looks like gold. We got a gold chalice. I'm going to give him a name. His name's Bob. <laughs> you can't prove me wrong or right. I got one of them real good Bible names. So like the car. <laughs> I, I could see him. Bob. Man, I know you got gold, Bob. Let me hold some money until the first of the month. And Bob would say, I'm sorry. I gave it all to him. You gave all your gold to a baby? Oh, he wasn't just a baby. He's the king of the Jews. He's the very son of God. You should have seen him. I gave it all to him. Are you upset? Oh, no, I'm not upset about it. The greatest thing I ever did. (laughs) So did you make friends with Herod? No, God told us to come back. God, who is that? (laughs) The one who told us to come back another way. They had a sensible discernment. Greatest, one of the wisest things, it sounds like we're on Wednesday night again, one of the wisest things you'll ever learn to do is one, to discern the voice of God and then to obey his word, to listen to him as he commands and instructs us in our everyday Christian life. Imagine had this thing played out and they said, you know what, God told us to go another way, but we, we were in fight with Herod, so we're going to tell him that we found him. I'm going to tell him that we found him. This thing would have played out a whole lot different. <laughs> they went back with the news, the king of the Jews has been born, and later a missionary would come and say, That king died for you. 
and gave his life for you. If you'll just trust in his finished work, you can have eternal life. Oh, I heard about Herod. I heard how he killed all those babies afterwards. He must have died then. And they had said, no, he died on the cross outside of Calvary. He laid down his life for you and gave it up for you. They had a sensible discernment. They learned the voice of God. And it didn't just impact them that night. And it didn't just save Jesus in that sense. But tonight we're here rejoicing because some men had discernment and went another way. They, didn't go, they went the right way. And because of that tonight, you and I have the gospel. And we're thankful for that tonight. You can call him a king. You can call him a magi. You can call him a wise guy. I'm just thankful the wise men were willing to be wise in what they did for the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for tonight. God, as we look at these men tonight, there's a lot.